Welcome to Saturday Morning Superstars! Dom and I am Fan, and we're channeling our midlife crisis with this podcast by reliving our youthful late '80s, early '90s Saturday mornings of watching syndicated professional wrestling. Woohoo! Uh, this is uh, episode two. Yes. Uh, the air date being uh, April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two. April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two. Where were you? Uh, I was a. What was I? I was a junior. Junior in high school. Maybe junior in high school, yep, because so, you're the same age as me. Yeah, we're identical age. <laughs> like, yeah. I think there's uh, maybe six weeks separating us. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's where I was, and uh, I was loving this. So we were watching this. I was hooked around this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are coming live again from Wing Stadium, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes. Uh, so I did a, I did a little research, because I thought between then and now that that place had been teared down. It has not. It's still there. It's still alive and kicking. It is the home of the Kalamazoo Wings ice hockey team. And they're what, like a minor league hockey I'm a, team? I'm assuming they're like an AHL, yeah, something something like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's still alive. was erected in 1974 and still wow. alive and kicking. Yeah. <laughs> Place is older than us. Yeah, right? And it's still there. And it's still doing its thing. Again, from Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I guess this is a better, better, good a time as any to tell this little story from our past. (laughs) Yes. So we're wrestling fans. We are roommates in college. And Mm -hmm. um, there's occasional live shows to Pittsburgh, maybe once a year. Yeah, you didn't you didn't see them come around much, but when they did, we we made note. And and that's where we were at school, but there was one in Penn State. In Penn State, yes. Penn State adjacent. <laughs> and that was like road trip worthy as a college student going to Penn State. Oh yeah. The card was ridiculous. The card had three matches. Three matches. We thought we were gonna be in and out of there. Like no no problems. Like that was it. Yeah, we were wondering if it was even worth driving down for only three ma- matches, but we did. We, we rode all the way to Penn State, mm-hmm. and we get there, and they just have these filler squash matches. Yes, constantly. For hours. Four, four hours. <laughs> four hours. Four hours of squash matches. And we actually got to see what we're talking about, where it just was the same arena for weeks. Yes, because they'd come out, do a match, cut a promo, and then a couple matches later, they'd cut another promo talking about what happened the week before, which for us was like ten minutes before. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Easily, <laughs> Easily. was like, "Wait a minute, what just happened there?" Yeah, like Triple H would come out and be like, "I'll get you for what you did to me last week," yeah. and we're like, "We just saw that happen." 
10 minutes ago. Yeah. It's funny we never realized that watching the, the Saturday morning show, how like the people in the front row would be the exact same people. You just never caught that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, after a week, do you remember the dude who was in the first row or the third row? Yeah, I guess not. I guess not, especially when you're like 13 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was ridiculous. And it wasn't until they filmed all of that stuff for all the syndicated shows that we finally got our three main event matches. Yeah, they were at the um, very, very end. And, and I remember it was it was Undertaker had a match, which I was very hyped about because I never that, that was the first time. I think that might have been my first uh, um, uh, go around to a wrestling event. So I was very excited to see the Undertaker. Uh, I remember that's where I bought my Undertaker shirt, my purple Undertaker shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bought the Sunny Pool Q one. <laughs> which which we still wear. I still have it. <laughs> you should. I have no idea what happened to my Undertaker. I think it, it, it finally died. After <laughs> it can't die. Just put an urn next to it. It sews itself back up. <laughs> it comes back together. <laughs> back together. Well, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like brand new. Urn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well he was hobbling around for like the last five years why didn't they just dig up an urn and just put it near him and then oh, yes, it would have been so much better oh geez mark hold on let me get the urn for you just prop up a paper cutout of paul bearer with the <laughs> there he goes he's probably in the urn now <laughs> is that too soon Sorry. <laughs> too soon so yeah, we are at the same arena because they hadn't left and for hours upon hours. And, hours you know, if if you're ready for something like that, then it's okay. But we were certainly not prepared no. for what we we're about to see because I know, like watching a you know a two hour event, sometimes even a three hour like pay per view or something like that. You know, it, it can it can tend to get a little you know monotonous. After yeah. a while, especially when it's a situation like that where it's just like jobber match after jobber match after jobber match. They didn't have a lot of, you know, big matches that permeated the entire card at that point. So it was just like, all right, all right. And you would see, you know, your favorite wrestlers, you know, over and over and over. The first time they come out, it's like, yeah, it's Shawn Michaels or it's Triple H or whatever. And then it's like, oh, it's. Shawn Michaels again. And yeah, Trevor why is he coming again. back? <laughs> like, didn't we, didn't we already see him? Wait, is, is Michaels more hammered this time? <laughs> yeah, <he's>, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, we get the opening credits. Uh, lots of 90 stuff. Same exact opening credits as last week. Lots of Hulk, lots of Sid, lots of Warrior. Everybody but our champion. So I went through this. Uh, um, and I know you kind of did last week, but I, uh, I went through this frame by frame just to see how, how right you were with, with the whole, you know, cause we were talking about last week, how Macho Man is the, the champ at this point, yet you barely see Macho. You don't even see him on the first two shows, you know, he's mentioned, but you don't see him at all. Right. So it's, all right, you ready for this? I'm going to do this all in one breath. Here it comes. It's like, go for it. Hit me. 
Hawk Rip Shirt, Boss Man, Natural Disasters, Bulldog Suplex, Mountie, Hawk Rule Sign, Psycho Sid, Undertaker Tombstone, Shawn Michaels Looks Dreamy, Papa Godfather, Macho Half a Second, Piper, Chico Santana, Jimmy with the Belt, Psycho Sid Again, Taker, Hawk Finger, Hawk Can't Hear the Crowd, Chico Again, Brett, Nasty Boys, IRS, Owen is the Rocket, Sid Again, Somebody Gets Punched in the Face, Natural Disasters <laughs> Again, DiBiase, Beverly Brothers, Tatanka and the Brawler, Hacksaw, More... Hose! More disasters. <laughs> more brain dog. More racist Indian. Sid. Rocket. Sean's kick. Sid. More nasty boys. The ultimate warrior. Piper being an asshole. Ric Flair. Woo! Warrior and Hulk. Hulk doesn't know where he is. 33 seconds. That's it. Wow. Yeah, there's more more El Matador than Macho Man in, the, yes, in that opening is. thing. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, you're right. We're 30 seconds in. We're good. We're back at Wing Stadium, home of KO Pectate. Oh, my God. This whole segment just is so cringeworthy. Yeah, so this Absolutely is like cringeworthy. we're complaining about the scriptingness of the uh, Easter yes. week. Uh, yes. And now we got KO Pectate puns. So he went off. It's Vince behind his desk once again, just laughing himself silly at just just toilet humor constant toilet humor uh they had the the uh, uh what did they have they had the, things seem to be a little irregular mr perfect <laughs> had to go and he pauses after go to the ring rick flair is a little stuck up questions his moral fiber that one was a little rough uh rick <laughs> flair found nothing but easy going and you can run but you can't hide can rick flair get back on track oh oh <laughs> well no, knowing what we know about how they tape these things after our penn state experience yes uh, and seeing it was from the same place so i'm like oh well they just taped the whole month again yeah. uh not seeing perfect was jarring to me. Like, well, where'd he go? We're still in the same spot. Why isn't he there? And then yeah. we figure out that the first match is uh, perfect. That's going to be backing uh, Flair. Yes. Uh, Flair's still after Savage. So we're still going with that story. Yeah. Uh, we get a preview of the episode where we got a name versus name as the main event. Yes, finally. We're 1.5 years into the 30-year reign of The Undertaker, and the <laughs> other named is the Viking cosplayer, the Berserker. Yes, it's 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 Hacksaw with a gimmick. We got uh, Ric Flair and a Sid Justice interview. They're going to have Sarge and Shawn Michaels, and that's the preview, and we're into our first statement. Uh, <laughs> we're into our first segment. Yes. The fake, which I'm calling also Spark Zarathustra. <laughs> Okay. Also with the comma, Sparks Aristusta. Yes, it's Strauss Light. Yeah, it's a sound alike of <laughs> Strauss. So this is what I want to know. Because it is the melody, uh, Why? I guess they couldn't use like a real orchestra's recording of it. it like, is there something as far as... Uh, um, because it's the melody, so it's Strauss's music. So I don't know if it's if it's you know out of copyright or or what that they can do this really really bad Casio version of it. Uh, but you know what's the deal there? Why couldn't they just like get like the London Philharmonic version of it as they do now? I don't know. 
Uh, here's my theory. One, okay. Jim Johnson says, yeah, I can write something like that. And that was the end of it. That's probably okay. what really happened. Okay. Um, it's close, but it's not the, it's not quite the melody. Oh, really? It, it's a Scotch snap and um. they, they have this MIDI horn suspension that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first thing I ever transcribed in my life. The Ric Flair or the, 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 the fake Zarathustra, also, <laughs> comma, Spark Zarathustra. I did it on Master Tracks and an Encore when I was a junior. Oh, yes. I would love to hear that. At the time, I didn't think there was a difference. Like, when I was, I didn't know the piece well enough as a junior in high school to know that this wasn't the real one. Yeah. Uh, but it ain't. It isn't. There are, Yeah. this is one of three fake Zarathustras that I know of. Okay. First one is Stanley Kubrick was using this as a temp piece for 2001. Yes. Alex North was his composer for a couple movies. He asked Alex North to do something like it, and Alex North wrote something like it, and it never made air. Oh, wow. Yeah, Kubrick took all his music off the film and didn't even tell him. He went to the premiere, and it wasn't even played. He's like, what happened to my music? Wow. So that exists. It wasn't recorded until after his death by Jerry Goldsmith. And the only time I've ever heard it used was for a little bit. Someone found it and put it on a Raymore and Flanagan commercial and was probably sued because it was like the next time I saw that commercial, it was taken off. Oh, wow. So uh, that exists. The other one was uh, the, the producers of the original Superman. Okay. Told John Williams that they liked um, Zarathustra from 2001. Mm-hmm. And Williams is like, well, I want to keep the job. So I'll just write that. So the, uh, his version of Zarathustra is the uh, scene when they're flying into Krypton for the first time. So, oh, okay. His version of Zarathustra, and then you got Jim Johnston's over here yeah. for Ric Flair. Oh my goodness, Ric Flair! By the way, at this stage in the game, looked like a million bucks. Like he looked great. I was just saying, I was like, I was like, if I didn't know anything about wrestling and I'm watching, you know, this episode as my first experience of wrestling, I see this guy coming down wearing this robe, you know, looking like a million bucks. Just the, 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 the look on his face is just like, all right, this guy means something. He even had like perfect kind of like to supplement him mm-hmm. at, at the same time, because perfect looked awesome at this stage too. So the two of them just coming down, is like, all right, these guys mean something. I thought that was just, it was really cool. Yeah. And then the, the, the whole issue with his, his robe at the beginning of it, where he like, he wouldn't drop the robe. Like the guy had to come up onto, <laughs> yeah. onto the apron to grab the robe from him. He's like, he wouldn't drop the robe. It's like, don't make me drop my robe. This robe costs more than you make all year. <laughs> exactly. Get over here. Um, perfect's in last week's clothes. He's wearing my tie. I had that tie. That's the same. Ah, uh, yes. Um, same shots of the people with the merch on ringside, but we're kind of watching them a little bit more back to back than mm-hmm. what have happened in real life. So you probably wouldn't have noticed that. Flair, at the red and silver sequin robe. And I remember them going like this was almost the end of Flair in the WWF because they wanted to go young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks great. I'm like, what else do you want from this guy? He, he looked great. Yeah, I know. This was post like steamboat matches, too. Mm-hmm. Um well, you know, because he was like with the steamboat stuff uh, in the end of the 80s, like that was like, uh, I felt like that was like his peak outside of the WWE. And then, uh, you know, when he came into the WWE, it almost felt like, you know, he was a big name, but the P- the WWE crowd didn't necessarily know him. But if they knew that portion of him, I, I feel like he would have, you know, even gone farther. Yeah. 
Our red tight of the night is uh, Rom Cumberledge. Cumberledge. Rom yes. Cumberledge. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of macho merch being shown. So even though he's not there, like te- teasing his opponent, mm-hmm. they're also teasing teasing a uh, second reign for Flair. Like he really wants to get the belt back, and and he will soon. Yes. Well, there's there's a there's a poster in the crowd. At, at one point, it says uh, it's got like Flair and Macho, and it's like this time it's personal. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> wow, you took, you took some time on that one. Yeah, he's like yeah. a movie trailer guy. Yeah, <laughs> Flair's taking on Big Ron with uh, the armbar and a woo, and we immediately get the picture in picture of WWF magazine. It's the same one from last week. Uh, Miss Elizabeth on the cover. Your your lady. You know they could have just shown that the entire night, and I would have been happy. <laughs> recapping the doctored photo story, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. That was great. She was mine yep. before she was yours. Like, yeah, it was perfect. Great uh, uh, angle. So. Flair's giving a big chop and perfect is calling Ron Savage. And I noticed this throughout the night this time where they were referring to the jobbers as the people that they were going to really face. Okay. All right. Like um, if someone was fighting some jobber, they'd call him by the true opponent's name. Like that, take that animal. I saw, I, 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 I did catch that one. I didn't notice they did it in the, in the uh, subsequent matches though. That's pretty awesome. Athletic Ric Flair really got me because he does this huge suplex. Like, yeah. he li- lifts the guy. Like, he's got strength as opposed to, yeah. you know, uh, later in life when he's, yeah. you know, not doesn't doesn't have much upper body to lift some guy body up. Uh, figure four and it's over. Yeah, game over. The devastating move, as Vince puts it. Devastating move. The ref actually has to walk over Ron <laughs> to get to Flair to raise his hand. He has to like step over the dead body, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Oops. There are enough people cheering Rick to make Vince mention that he, Rick does have fans. Yes. Just not as many as Macho. Exactly. I, I was a huge Rick Flair fan because uh, you know, overpowered superhero uh comic book guys mm-hmm. and the ego characters uh were like my favorite but not the coward egos the okay. the, the uh the guys who are just like i got a million dollars and babes everywhere <laughs> and it's like oh, oh i should <laughs> hate you and i'm like uh, you, no, that's it I, that, that's what i want to be okay <laughs> yeah yeah i was always a i was always a boo the bad guys guy so i i didn't like flair until later Later in, uh, later in life. Yeah, he didn't even have to wrestle for me. Do you remember yeah. uh, the VIP section he used to have? Oh, yeah. Where he had like oh, yeah. a whole buffet spread yes. outside the ring. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. With the four That's horsemen awesome. sitting out there. Yeah. Yeah, just with a VIP section. He's yeah. got his own lounge. Yeah. He can't. That was That's awesome. awesome stuff. Our second segment, and uh, all of this stuff has happened again. Just the economy of these shows. We got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the opening segment. What's going to happen? A whole match, a picture-in-picture uh, plug for the magazine, and the uh, the magazine. By the way, is brought to us by the uh, fan club. So they got yes. that in there too. I did notice that, and they said if you become a member of the WWF fan club you will receive photos and souvenirs I, I, I looked up I was trying to look up like what type of souvenirs 
did you get? Because the photos, like, I understand, like, are they sending, are they sending shirts? Are they sending, like, stickers? Are they sending characters? I, I couldn't find anything on this. We gotta, we gotta join. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to be in there. I want, I want some <laughs> fan club merch. I want some souvenirs. Yeah, we, we've done all that and we're under six minutes. Nice. Watch Raw today, you'll get a match maybe by the third hour. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to watch it like after we're done this, and I will, um, I'm will. i sure I won't miss anything. Mean Jeans in with our WWF Magazine update. Again, mm-hmm. brought to you by the fan club. You know, always be closing. They're always selling. It's yeah, great. They are. Constantly. Mean Jean is wearing the internal fabric pattern of my grandmother's casket as a tie. <laughs> Do you see this thing? <laughs> Go to timestamp five minutes, 45 seconds and check out this tie. It is a crime Uh, against humanity. First of all, I was not at your grandmother's funeral, so I can't, (laughs) I can't make the comparison. Uh, um, I'm going to have to pull this up. Uh, It's great stuff. All right. Keep talking while I get there, but yeah. Gene is plugging the, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll let, when I, when you see it, I'll, I'll know because you'll just be laughing and staring. (laughs) Gene is plugging the same uh, WrestleMania 8 Coliseum video extras as last week, but there's actually different footage. Um, they do have the Jimmy Hart concert in the park with huge quotations. Yes. That camera angle is so tight because there's no one there. There's nobody <laughs> watching this concert. Um, Sherry, yeah, is, Sherry is actually losing her top throughout the whole thing. Uh, I don't think she minded. She's like constantly fi- fixing the top, her top. <laughs> You found the is tie, it, didn't you? It, that's the tie. <laughs> Holy crap. How did I miss that? Oh, that's things, that thing's so loud they can hear it in Europe. Oh, God. It is. Wow. That's awful. They show the concert, and Jimmy's trying to get the two people there really excited. Yeah. Uh, and he's wrapping yes. things up. At the he's end, trying. there's a 90s jogging suit guy there to, like, give him the hook. He's just, uh, like, on stage. You know he's just, like, the, the PA that's there to yeah. move things along and get him off the stage. Uh, yeah, we get a macho man at the uh, mall lookalike contest. Yes, it was not so macho. It was like it was like mini mini Joe. Did you check out the world's worst Jake the Snake? Uh, I missed the world's worst Jake the Snake. He's standing in the way way back. Oh, that that is awful. Yeah, he's got like a little tidy like bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a gar- a garter snake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awful. That's not Damien. We have a reception with Bobby the Brain, Bret Hart, Piper, and Hulk. Yes. The poster on the podium. This is more insult to my man, Macho. (laughs) The poster on the podium is a picture of Hulk Hogan that says, the real champion. I guess they mentioned he's brought his family. I guess that's baby Brooke Hogan and Linda. Yes. I was wondering. I was wondering. I figured that was Linda because it was like totally 80s Linda. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I was like, I'm assuming that's Brooke. Yeah. You know, as a as a as a youngster, so as he's holding her up there, they had a brunch panel, which I guess is something you were able to go to. Yes, and the uh, video is, is is now available. As as Gene could uh, Gene mentioned, I can't imagine the spread at this brunch. They have like the four good guys, and then like the two bad guys opposite yeah. side. They were they were really careful to keep them apart. Yes, I, I that did not go unnoticed. No. Uh, we're off the commercial, but still to come, the battle of the ER suffixes. <laughs> we have uh, Undertaker, Berserker, <laughs> Berserker. Uh, yep. Yes. Uh, oh. Oh, I don't know why. Oh. Stop. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, timestamp eight minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, the Fink is introducing us to a nightmare at Kalamazoon. Ooh. It's Kevin Kruger. <laughs> so. yes. Who happens to be, and I'm, I mean, this is a spoiler for later in the episode, but this is, he's my favorite uh, um, re, uh, red tight of the night. He's your red tight. He is my red tight. And the only, for two reasons. Number one, the, the attitude that he possesses at the beginning of this where he's mm-hmm. just like he's like giving off all kinds of ego and the fact that he just looks like uh uh william regal wannabe yeah from you know yesteryear you know kevin Kruger is uh, a red tight in uh, neon tennis ball green and my yes. notes say the exact same thing he's doing a pretty boy, boy gimmick he's combing yeah. his eyebrows yes <laughs> that's great he's got the pizzazz he's like i'm gonna be a star <laughs> Bulldog's music hits, and it's Rule Britannia with a real orchestra. So I don't know what's to do with Flair and his fake Strauss. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the British braid dog. Yeah, he's got his braids, and yeah. the audience has gone crazy. I don't think there was a bigger pop for anybody than the Bulldog. Yeah, he's 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 pretty uh, on fire at this point in his career. Uh, we, we get perfect back. Kruger um, is bounced off of a shoulder block, and he gets thrown by three arm drags. Yeah. A group of angry parents throw him into a fire and he returns to uh, in people's <laughs> dreams <laughs> to, to murder their children. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Let me ask this question because I noticed this and I see this every once in a while, but the, the standing suplex. Yes. When he pulls the guy, I mean, I, I understand they're going for, you know, this guy is powerful and everything. But if I'm a guy that's up in a standing suplex. Like I'm the guy that's about to be thrown to the ground on this and I've got my legs straight up in the air. Why am I trying to do a handstand on his <laughs> head? Like why do I just start flailing my legs? Wouldn't that like throw the person off balance? Like, wait a minute, you're supposed to like send me straight over. That would actually, it, I think it would hurt more. It, the snap suplex hurts more than the standing suplex because you're going further. You know, yeah, it doesn't make a lick of sense. You're it absolutely doesn't. right. It's it just there to show, hey, this guy's super strong. Look how look how long he could hold this grown man up. I know above his head. But yeah, the grown man being thrown, he'd be trying to do everything he could. They not exactly. After a while, you're set. You're standing up there, like, wait a minute. I'll just you know wiggle around a little bit. It'll throw you off balance, and we'll both fall. <laughs> <laughs> we get a headbutt. Kruger gets three shots in before a running power slam by Bulldog and finishes him off. Yes. No picture in picture. No talking about something else. They were just this is this is the match. They replayed the suplex. Yes. Uh, they did that. Uh, the camera angle follows the guy down, and you know that's something I notice now. Like every punch has a zoom or yes. a bounce, where the camera is like going with the moves to make it more exciting and more, more kinetic, to, more impactful. But they had it here. Yeah. There's another camera angle that's going to come up later. Is it is it Sherry Cam? No, not Sherry Cam. I, I love how Vince says at the end of the match that Her Majesty is proud of the British, British Bulldog or must be proud of the British Bulldog. Like, what's she thinking? Of? Like, can you just see the Queen like sitting over there watching WWF? <laughs> the fact that he thinks that people care what the Queen thinks of him. Yes. Like, oh, the Queen likes him, so I must too. Oh. Oh, great. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I was a little lukewarm on the bulldog, but uh, the queen <laughs> is all in. So I, I'm there now. Well, I am totally in. Yes. Yeah. Bulldog poses Vince comments about his body and then sweat, segues to body stars. 
Body stars. Vince and Cameo's boobs announced a new show. <laughs> they do. WBF body stars. Uh, you gotta want it. Uh, well, yes. Well, they, before he gets to even you gotta want it, which is just thought provoking in itself. <laughs> health, health and fitness. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Hanging and banging. Right. Okay. Kind of an early nineties. Still a little bit on the side. This is the one I don't get. Riding and sliding. I don't know what that's about. What, what, what does riding and sliding mean when you're talking about fitness? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Food and fun, fashion and passion. Okay, so first of all, no. Fashion <laughs> and passion is, is not a thing when you're talking about bodybuilding. And just the ride and sliding is the one that got me. Because I was like, I know there's one in there that just doesn't make sense. He's just trying to get in a couple of words that are either have alliteration or rhyme with each other. And, and that one just didn't work. And it Yeah, I mean, they talk about Barbie making girls feel bad about ourselves. This was doing me <laughs> no favors as a teenage boy with no muscle tone. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to get this because I'm just going to, you know, cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yes. First, all right, get me a pint of ice cream so I can move my tears. Exactly. Uh, out comes Fredo Macho. We got Lanny Poffo, the genius. I knew it was him. Managing the Beverly Brothers. Now, I uh, I could not place these guys' gimmick. I don't know what they're trying to be. Uh, I'm I'm guessing Vegas magician, like Siegfried <laughs> and Roy. Yeah, they should have come out with lions. Yeah, that, that would have been better. You know, either that or a card trick. I don't know what they were trying to be because I was watching their match and they're awesome. Yeah, the, uh, yes, yes, I said that as well. Like they're. they're they're tight as a tag team. Like the two, they're they're awesome. Like they were the moves they had were phenomenal. But they got capes and they got like rainbow brights leggings on. Yes. And I don't know what their gimmick is supposed to be. Like no, you're um you got two chia pets named Eric Collins and Mike Freedom as your red tights. Yeah, which it's sad that the guy's name. I was like, is that really your name, like Freedom? If you're gonna be Freedom, Freedom, can't you at least like have like a flag? Yeah, some type of flag, um, you know, singlet on or something like that. He's got nothing. They're like, we can't make you have even the least amount of gimmick because Beverly Brothers have the gimmick going on over here of like wizards. Yes. <laughs> It's the goofiest outfits. Yes. Um, Genius is taking the mic, doubling down on calling the Legion of Doom sissies. That's his go-to. His poem gets no response whatsoever. Like perfect and perfect and Vince had to play it up because he like he like does it, and then you you look at him and he just does this smile at the end of it and bows and bows like. This is Awful. Thank you. I'm just going to get out of here now. <laughs> Three damsels that can use some masculinity was the quote. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. They even show like a kid in the audience, which was the worst cutaway ever. Is like he's just sitting there eating popcorn. Like, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> the Beverly's are destroying the Trailer Park Twins. There's a picture in picture. And last time it was LOD wrestling and you got the picture in picture of the Beverly Brothers. Yes. This time it's the Beverly Brothers wrestling and you get a picture of the picture of the Beverly, Beverly Brothers. Brothers. Yes. <laughs> it's like, where's, where's the LOD? No, we got to watch the guys that we're watching again. Yeah. Watching. Yes. Um, they're calling them L- LOS, Legion of Sissies. 
Yes. For the second week in a row, Beverly's are done talking, and then they spread apart so Genius can kind of poke his head in yes. and just say, and that goes for you two Ellering. He says that every single time. And that goes for you two Ellering. That's his line. Yes, that was his go-to. Yeah. The uh, Beverly's with the neck breaker off the second rope. Yes. Like, these dudes are huge. They're very yeah. tall. They're very yeah. big people. Uh, and they they did the uh, neck breaker flip off the second rope. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, the head spike off the lift, a great finisher. That is an awesome finisher. I was just like, <laughs> he just pummels him to the ground, like slams his face into the yeah. mat. I was like, yes, that works. He would be dead. The only thing <laughs> that would have made that better is if it was done by Shaq and Jordan. Like, he throws him up the air and just slams him down. The big, big basketball net there. They were just so good, and they had, they were just so lame looking in their purple outfit. Yes. Yeah, it didn't match. After the match, that's where the real stuff goes down. Beverly paints one of the red shorts with face paint and writes LOS on him. Mm-hmm. Well, it was LOD first, and then he's like, LOD? Nah. <laughs> he crosses out the D and he puts an S underneath it. It's like, oh, come on. He names the red short. He says, there's hawk, there's animal, and now there's puke or Heidenreich. No, he goes, now there's chicken. <laughs> there's a- Name some chicken and the replay oh, is basically the whole match. It does like every high spot they did. Yeah. I want more of the Beverly's. Yeah, that was a good that was a good match. I don't remember them sticking around. Yeah, I don't think they were there for that for very long. We are in our next segment, and it's Sean Mooney, who mm-hmm. I swear was in there a lot earlier last week, but here we are 16 minutes in and we finally get our first Sean Mooney. They do a cut to the LOD and Paul Ellering is playing the mastermind yes. and they actually do a promo about the Beverly brothers. So a lot of the event center ones were those generic ones. This one's actually for them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's be- They're stepping all over each other, like animals talking and Hawks talking. It doesn't, they don't have a good rhythm. No. Moody throws to repo and repos promo is awful. Yeah. Jeremy Piven cuts a promo. <laughs> yeah. It does yeah. look like him. Talks about the recession, how he hates taking things, but then he says he loves taking things yeah. because he'll be rich. So I don't think he really knows how repos work. Yeah, I don't think that 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 made too much sense. It's like, yeah, I get to keep everything that I know. That's not how that works. Yeah, you're, you're, you're an agent of like the bank, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, and by the way, you don't need that mask to repo stuff. <laughs> no, no. Just, just like just just tell them hey i'm repoing your car uh, yeah. why, why why are you wearing the mask i, uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we we haven't gotten the the idea behind this this uh gimmick mooney cuts to commercial yeah. and we're back on a close-up of a seven-year-old with 22 year old makeup she's wearing the <laughs> The walk of shame morning after makeup. Oh, it's no. so disturbing. She's yeah. holding a, a, a Hitman bear. Hitman bear, yes. Which I, would be a great Adult Swim cartoon. <laughs> Hitman bear. Hitman bear. Hitman bear. Uh, and unfortunately, we, we cut to another crush vignette. Mm-hmm. This was a mind your, mind your manners flashback. Yeah, kid crush can't pour milk without crushing the milk carton. It would have been a lot more impressive if it wasn't a cardboard carton. Like if it was like a metal carton or something. That a just glass <laughs> milk bottle. <laughs> a glass <laughs> milk bottle that he just shatters. Uh, yeah. No, it's like what it is. I mean, I could have done that. 
<laughs> we did do that. We did what'd, do you, that. what'd you do after lunch? You smushed yeah. it. I mean, that yeah. was it. You're really not crushing too much there. Crushed. He looks like Rapunzel with a mullet. It is going down like to his his feet. Yes. The longer your mullet, the cooler you were apparently in the early 90s. He calls out the entire lower mid card. Yes. Goes for the Mountie, goes for Repo Man, Skinner, Sid. And Sid. Like he had Sid. Threw Sid at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and Barry Horowitz. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the kid with the eyebrows. And Sid. <laughs> and Sid. At the end, yep. Okay. Okay. I made it a point to to uh, call out Sid too. Look straight at the camera for Sid. Right. Uh, we fade to uh, Sherry screaming for Sean. Yes, the Sherry version of the Sean music. So Sherry or Sean? Which which version of the uh, sexy boy? Uh, definitely the Sean version, just because that is it. It, it stands the test of time a lot better. Well, yeah, because Sherry wasn't around <laughs> yeah. after, you know, they split up. But yeah. uh, I got to go with Sherry because having yourself thing about singing about how you're a boy toy is a little weird. Yeah. I never really warmed to the idea that I would be singing that song about myself. Well, that I mean, that was the whole idea behind his gimmick was that he wanted, you know, he was he was all about himself. Yeah, so he's his own boy toy i i like i like the sean michael this this version of sean michaels is one of my favorites i was saying that as much as i wasn't like a, a bad guy fan like looking back on it and all the different reincarnations of sean michaels like this is one of my favorites like just post rockers you know uh egomaniac uh sean sean michaels just mm -hmm. that, that was one of my favorites because that's the one that kind of morphed into the uh, you know, that WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels, like he still was that, you know, sexy boy, Shawn Michaels gimmick, but it just became a nicer version of that. Yeah. He's in the OG white leather, red, black zebra outfit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the weirder things about Shawn's evolution of his costume. So he had the tights with the cutouts. Yes. Then he wore the chaps, which he would take off. Take off the and then you'd have the, the, uh, tights with the cutoffs with the uh, the cutouts mm -hmm. uh, and then the chaps eventually became the tights <laughs> they weren't removable anymore they were just part of the tights so they kind of morphed into each other yeah uh unfortunately there's the direct camera crotch of uh sean like there's a camera focused solely on Sean's crotch. <laughs> well, that camera was set aside just for that show. I mean, there's a lot of shots of it, and uh, <laughs> apparently he was just in a pool. <laughs> uh, I don't. I forgot that he did the earrings and hang and hung them on Sherry's boobs. Uh, yes. Like he takes his earrings out and puts, a, puts like, them, yes, yes, on, down her cleavage, yep. Yeah, perfect plugging Sean Hitman, which uh, is hilarious like this this was yeah this was the rivalry it would always come back this this was like pre-rivalry rivalry sean's bouncing all over the place he vaults over uh our red tight who is uh george anderson yes and he george anderson is wrapped in mylar he's got this mylar <laughs> jacket to uh protect him on re-entry or maybe make sure his hot pocket is evenly cooked no. uh it is unbelievably mylar -y. 
Yeah, I, fe- I felt like I don't know if this was I'm I'm assuming this was Anderson's problem, but there was a there was a backbreaker in there that Sean threw him and he completely missed it. But they the uh, the commentators made sure to say, "Oh, I really got all that backbreaker," but he really didn't. Oh, <laughs> he like fell off his knee. <laughs> yeah, Sean's jumping out of the ring. He's throwing the guy out. He's he's using a lot more ring than anybody else in in the episode. He uses an early. A version of the sweet chin music but it's not called sweet chin music and it wasn't his finisher no either the f- it was right before his finisher which he just picks the guy up and drops him on his head yeah i had that he um no he didn't use it as as the finisher at first he used it as the setup and his side suplex which just sucks yeah as as a finisher was his finisher apparently i think it was um i forget who told them to, to switch it up and to do it in reverse order but one of the agents did, and he started doing that. Uh-huh. It wasn't called Sweet Chin Music till I think he fought one of the musical gimmick guys. He was either Double J or someone like that, where mm. uh, they went with you know the Sweet, sweet Chin, chin Music because he was yeah. fighting a music guy too. Uh-huh. Um, picture in pictures, Brett, who talks about the belt and tarnishing it. And yes, don't tarnish my belt. We'll just fast forward about five years and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, after Sean wins, um, he rolls. Oh. There, there's a lot of problems with this. Yes. You got um, uh, first of all, you got the uh, the ass cam on Sherry all the way mm-hmm. up. She's getting yep. up and she's getting on. She's going under the rope to get into the ring. Yes. We cut to the ref and Sean. The ref is uh, Sean rolls Anderson out of the ring, and the ref is trying to raise his hand. He won't let him raise his hand, so he does that uh, heel thing where it's like you're not good enough to raise my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to a, a cougar in heat, this uh, fan <laughs> with a lump of pra- plastic that's apparently masquerading as Shawn Michaels. <sighs> that's his action figure. It looks like just a blob of with blonde hair on it. it didn't, yeah, didn't look like him at all. And here, all that's happened, and we go back to Sherry getting on the other side of the rope. So mm-hmm. they had this weird edit where they had her go in and then they did all this other stuff and then they cut back to her finally getting into the ring. So it's this weird jump cut. She took her time. Uh, yeah, it's like Sherry's been frozen in time for a little bit while that was happening. <laughs> and she throws, he gets thrown to the ground and then Sean does his pose, which he, he kept. That pose was the same pose he did with the fireworks and did for the rest of his career. Exactly. Just minus Sherry on the ground. Yes, throwing Sherry to the floor doesn't really age well. <laughs> Well, neither did Sherry. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. She's not aging at all. No. no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she's frozen in time twice. <laughs> she's frozen in time. That's good to see it, Shawn Michaels. I, I, this is like almost not a little bit more than proto Shawn. Like mm-hmm. it's all pretty much there. It was definitely he was definitely coming into his own uh, at this. I'm I'm very glad he got rid of Janetti. <laughs> <laughs> get here uh a pose down yeah he's posing down and we get an ad for wbf magazine oh yes another one of these where they talk about one of the the articles inside compound versus isolation do you know what either of those mean um no no idea yeah we can the thing that stuck out to me is the cover had the final five from the last year's wbf championships how many years did this thing exist did this outlast the xfl did this really have multiple years <laughs> a lot of things outlasted the xfl both versions of it yeah 
that, that I that's what I that's my go-to. I'm like, but dear, I I lo- I outlasted the FX XFL <laughs> <laughs> several times in a row. <laughs> Uh, we are back at the event center. Uh, Sean Mooney talks uh, WBF magazine. Mm-hmm. That, that was a thing. What? Throws to the Texas Tornado, uh, Kerry Von Erich. Um, he fights with uh, pride. He does. He uh, honor and dreams, not money or titles. Yes, he's, he said. He says dreams are what I'm made of. At the end of his promo. Okay. And I was trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> I was very. I don't know, but we he better watch out because Kruger is on this car. <laughs> That's true. Kruger's coming back. Up next to the Nasty Boys and, and and for some reason, Jimmy Hart, and they shout. Yeah. The Nasty Boys pit stop. Yeah, do you remember that move? That's a that's an actual move. I had forgotten that was a move. The, yeah, where they stuffed the guy into his armpit. Into his armpit. That's yeah. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the Bronco Buster. That's kind of, I was going to say like the stink face or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Even better. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, both are generic promos. No opponent that they're talking about. We're off the commercial. Yep. Yo, Joe. <laughs> we get uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Yo, Joe. Versus uh, Red Tight Royalty, my friend. We have the Brooklyn Brawler. The Brawler was like the jobber boss. He was. Like the, he w- you would fight him at the end of all the other jobbers. <laughs> you would still win because he sucked, but you, everybody got to fight the Brawler at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to Vince, Brawler is attacking the facial area. Well, they were making a lot of comments about slaughter's chin like you know and he was and he made it a point slaughter actually made it a point to like stick his chin out at the beginning and, and stick it out at the end of the match as well it's like what does that symbolize like he's got a strong chin i'm a sergeant so my chin has to protrude you know two feet from my face it does <laughs> exactly it got to the ring three minutes before sarge did <laughs> It must have. Yes, I think they should have just started putting prosthetics on each week and make them longer and longer and longer <laughs> every single week. Just make it bigger and bigger and bigger. A lot of clotheslines, a lot of punching. Uh, the amazing thing here is the uh, leapfrog that mm-hmm. uh, Brawler, Brawler does over Sarge, and Sarge can't really bend, so he's like sideways trying to get out of the way. Yes, yes. He knew it was coming, and Perfect actually says twice that the, the leapfrog by slaughter. Yes. And, and Vince calls him out. He's, and he's just like, no, nope, it was leapfrog by slaughter. He's like, what, what match are you watching? <laughs> I see. I noticed that. Oops. But that leapfrog is like, well, Brawler's like not the most nimble person on earth. He gets like two inches no. off the ground. And Sarge is, you know, as at this point, as wide as he is tall. And he's trying to bend down to get out. Yes. The million dollar Cobra clutch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why they had two guys use the same finisher, call them two different things. Because, you know, they were holding different fingers, I'm guessing. With Sergeant Slaughter, is it the Cobra clutch? <laughs> it is now. It should be. Yeah, it should be. The picture in picture is of Sarge. who's calling out the Mountie. And apparently everybody wants to beat up the Mountie. It's like the fifth guy who's the opponent of the Mountie. That's because the Mountie's the worst gimmick at this time. It's next to the Berserker. The picture in picture's going on, and I missed what is now my new favorite move, the backwards backbreaker. It's a belly breaker. 
Yes, I did see that. It's ridiculous. I've I've never seen that before, and I've never <laughs> seen it since. And why this isn't everybody's finishing move, I don't know. Yeah. He picks him up and drops him on his stomach instead of his back. The belly breaker. It's like the horizontal spear, but you're using your knee. <laughs> it's awesome. I was like, it, it looks like it hurts. It does. Yeah. I mean, you. This is this is not the era where you're seeing a lot of great moves. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I want to see some more. Yes. Uh, more of that. Uh, we get a uh, ad for WrestleMania 8 videotape available at a blockbuster near you. Mm-hmm. And then we have a Mean Gene interview of Sid Justice. Mm-hmm. Harvey Wolfman walks out. Yes. I forgot he was even a thing with Sid. I forgot that they were even paired together. Well, was he really, though? Because <laughs> he does absolutely nothing. He doesn't say a word. He just stands out there. I have that written as once again, we could have been in wrestling. Yes. If that's what it takes, if I, I could walk out with Sid, yeah. I can point at him when he's done. Yeah. I can walk back to a locker room. I have these skills. Yes. <laughs> I can't power slam somebody. I'm not going to lift somebody over my head for eight seconds. I'm not going to jump over anything. Nope. I've already attached my retina just by breathing. <laughs> I could definitely walk out with Sid. Yeah. I could point at him. Yeah. I could walk. I could be Harvey Whippleman. I can say, this guy's big. Listen to him. But I don't even have to say that. I can use my facial expression to do that. And I could get paid just as much as Harvey Whippleman. The greatest part of this interview, and it's a Sid interview. So mm-hmm. the greatest part of this interview <laughs> is Sid comes out. And before the interview starts, he looks down at Mean Gene and pats him on the head yes. like a puppy. I noticed that as well. It's like, look at you, small man. <laughs> the other thing I noticed in the bit in the in the promo is he keeps saying WrestleMania. Yeah. Why does he why does he say WrestleMania? You know that's gonna piss Vince off because Vince is all about promoting his product of WrestleMania. Why is he calling it WrestleMania? Sid always I think Sid's marble mouth problem was more his accent always got in the way of what he was trying to say. Like he mm-hmm. couldn't move at the speed of his accent because he would yeah. slide into whatever Southern version dialect that he came from a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where he'd, he'd go into that thing. Uh, you get kind of the, the proto psycho Sid where he like does that snapping shut up thing and then yes. starts twitching a bit. So he he's, starts laughing, starts laughing a bit. Uh, holy mm. cow is he jacked yes he was huge I've seen huge he place. was he's big for Sid if that makes sense mm-hmm. like he is unbelievably large yeah like he didn't look like Sid always looked big but like when he was in the main event of was WrestleMania 13 he's like a lean big yes uh, this is like a humongously muscular Sid I was, I was like oh my god he's enormous yeah in his prime of, of looking threatening yeah i i wrote down in my notes sid is four times the size of sid <laughs> yes he claims to have ended hulkamania yes he was gonna end the warrior too perfect has the line of the night after he says that perfect's <laughs> on commentary and the, they're being quiet through the interview because it's uh mean gene's interview mm-hmm. but sid's out here is like and i ended hulkamania and perfect's like thank you <laughs> I didn't even notice that. See, these are things I'm going to have to go back and listen. Listen. Oh, you got to go back. Oh, so great. Thank you. That's great. Sid makes it through the interview. He rules the world. He's going to give Warrior the last match. I'm really proud of Sid. Yeah, it wasn't a bad, bad one. 
He says his name about five times in it. Yeah, he does. In case you had forgotten. Forgotten he was Sid. <laughs> he is Sid. And yes. were you a fan of Sid Vicious, Sid Justice, or Psycho Sid as his nicknames? Well, see, because I didn't watch a lot at this era. The 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 uh, the Sid that I knew was the, the Psycho Sid, like the WrestleMania 13 right. Sid. So I, I would have to go with that one. Uh, I didn't think Sid Justice worked when they turned him. Mm-hmm. Like when they were trying to make him New Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in his, his blue shorts and he's a good guy. Sid Justice was cool, but now he's bad and he's calling himself Justice. So I, I didn't, at, at that point, they should have just done what they do to everybody and just drop one of their names. Like, you're Murphy now. You're now Sid. <laughs> just Sid. Yeah, just Sid. Plain old Sid. I was proud of Sid like I was proud of the kid who can't get off the book in a, in a school play and he trips over his lines and he's like ruining the play. But like two seconds before, uh, opening night, like they're running rehearsal and he gets it and you're like, oh, there you go. All right, good. Finally, yay. Yeah, yay. yeah. You're, you're happy because he didn't screw up. Yes. Not that it was so wonderful, but yeah. you're happy they didn't screw up. Yes. But God, Whippleman, I'm telling you, dude, we missed our calling. We could have been Harvey. Yeah, I think I'm going to be Harvey for Halloween this year. Harvey Whippleman? Yeah, I want to be Harvey Whippleman. Then I wouldn't have to talk to anybody. I'll just stand there, stand there and point at people. <laughs> You're like six three. You're like four Harvey Whippleman's. <laughs> It'd be hilarious for me. <laughs> uh, we're off the commercial still to come. The Viking funeral of the uh, Undertaker Berserker. Yes. We are back, and uh, the Fink lets us know that Shawn Michaels has left the building. I forgot that gimmick. Was that like the first time that that had ever happened? They used to do it every time. Okay. But uh, it was kind of like Elvis has left the building. Like he was so yeah so important that you can go home now. You can't. Don't bother staying. The Fink then introduces two football dads. This is uh, Kent Carlson yes. of uh, Carlson's Insurance and Loan and Tom Stone from uh, Tom Stone Auto Body. Ah, yes. Uh, these just look like 40-year-old men. Yeah, they, they had no definition. There was no gimmick there. There was no nothing. These guys were just pulled off the street, thrown in wrestling tights, and said, just stand here for the next five minutes. You'll do fine. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. That's how plain and ordinary these guys were. They were totally – they were like our dads in yes. the ring. <laughs> uh, they were our red tights for the match. Um, red tight, by the way, we should just uh, reiterate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Star Trek, when you had the guy in the red shirt that you knew was just bound to die – Yes, we have uh, our our wrestlers here, which we are designating red tights because uh, they ain't gonna win. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win. They ain't. They ain't going nowhere. You will never see them again. They will be dead. The rumble starts, and I'm trying to figure out what they are. And I remember the natural disasters. Yes, this is where the second camera angle that they still use to this day comes in because when they are trying to depict somebody that is more massive than they actually are. They do that under, like, down by the feet camera angle, looking up to the skies. Yeah, super low. Super low angle. So I was like, you know what? I want to look up. Like, of course, these guys are huge, like, body size yeah. guys. You know, typhoon and earthquake. But I was like, I wonder how tall they actually are. Like, because they make them look massive with that camera angle. Right. So I went online, did a little Googling. John Tenta, who was uh, earthquake, was six seven. Okay. Wow. That's decent. That's a decent, but that's not like yeah. huge, huge as much as they made him. Typhoon, Fred Ottman, was only 6'3". Right. He was only one inch taller than me. Okay. So 
like I'm, I'm, I maybe I'm tall, but I don't like I don't consider six three that tall. Like when I think like tall, massive guys, I'm thinking like at least seven foot. Right. You know, they got to be up there, and but they made them look huge just from that camera angle, and they still do that to this day. You know, with a like mm-hmm. a Braun Strowman or something like that, they always do like the camera angle down by the feet to make them look bigger than they actually are. Yeah. They shot Sid like that on the way out, and he mm-hmm. did. They it just makes him look massive. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird because you don't you don't need it for those guys because it's their width. Yes, and they had they were talking about the angle they used to use for Andre, which was like from the back mm-hmm. and low, where he would just fill up the whole screen. You couldn't see past yeah. the, like the massive shape of him. Yeah, and that would probably be a, a much better angle for the for the disasters certainly it's it's so weird that typhoon always seemed small to me because he was always around earthquake yeah but he was probably like he was four inches smaller than than uh earthquake yeah but he's still enormous i mean he's like 400 pounds this is like huge he's still big yeah he was a big guy earthquake beats up carlson who barely moves like these mm-hmm. these red shirts had that you're exactly right just stand and and die yeah just stand there and and get your ass kicked <laughs> picture in picture with uh, Money Inc. and for some reason Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Again, Jimmy Hart and his stable of misfit toys. Yes, and he sings DiBiase's theme. Yes, yeah. Jimmy Hart makes sense sometimes. Like if he, like when Honky Tonk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they both look like they're characters out of the fifties. Mm-hmm. What is he doing with like a stockbroker yeah. or a Mountie? Yes, or or the Nasty Boys. See, they had they had him earlier. I, don't, I think it was earlier. There was a there was a promo with Jimmy and the Nasty Boys. Yeah. And then, and, and he's being like, and his promo is like all nasty sounding, you know, nah. and now he's with Money Inc., mm-hmm. you know, p- pushing the money thing. He's like, wait, th- these two gimmicks don't make sense to each other, but yet you're the manager of both of them. Typhoon and Earthquake pancake everybody in the corner. <laughs> like they pancake one guy with one guy. Yes. And then they pancake two guys with one guy. And then they decide to pancake three guys with four guys. So it's like, it's, like, <laughs> it's great. That was the move. When you got a big guy, you just throw throw whoever in the corner and you just flatten them. But, you know, it made sense. And me as like, you know, a little kid was like, yeah, that hurt. Perfect keeps calling the disasters dummies. He's trying to push that as um, they're not very bright. Mm-hmm. Well, they mustn't be because they're big guys. Yeah. Sometimes like when they get two guys and put them in a tag team and they're just two guys that are now a tag team, they just have – one do their normal singles finisher and then the other guy do his normal singles finisher. They do that with the disasters, but it's the only time I really think it works well. It works well because it works with their gimmicks. Yeah. Because, you know, you've got the earthquake who does the off the ropes earthquake just fall on top of you and then followed by the tidal wave of the typhoon it just made sense that he would roll on top of you yeah like a tidal wave and and it looked like i mean for big guys it looks like that hurts yeah i imagine it would if they actually yes i i would not want to be that you know uh 40s dad on on the bottom of that i don't think i'd want to be the guy who gets squished by the earthquake because that one looks like he could slip yeah yeah he almost looked like he like landed on his head on that i don't know if you watch that but he was very close like he was like upper chest close to the chin area it was like ooh, i think we should have landed that one a little lower just hold your breath dude don't breathe in yeah (laughs) please that's devastating enough We are in the event center with uh, Sean Mooney. 
he's talking up the disasters, which I, I see is kind of like the formula. Yes. He talks about whoever's in the last match uh, before he cuts to the generic promos. Mm-hmm. And we cut the Skinner, who uh, talks about being mean and a rule breaker and proving himself and spitting in a can, and he is mean. Yes, apparently Southern stereotypes are scary in the early 90s. Today, they just look very sad. Skinner's wearing like a red hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's not too far off. It's not too far. I don't off. know if he'd be cool with Trump. He'd be like, Please don't drain the swamp. I live here. I live in the swamp. I can't. Be, I live in the swamp. This swamp can't be drained. Yes. Tatanka's up next, and and, and holy shit. Uh, yeah. So I also had to look this up because to me, like this seems so stereotypical. But I was like, is he really from an Indian tribe? Because if he's not. This is really bad. Chris Chavez? But it turns, yes, apparently he is. Yeah. He's from the Lumbee tribe. Yes. And uh, and I found out that the uh, he's part of the Lumbee tribe, and Tatanka is a Lakota word that means buffalo. Yeah, well, that was coming off of Dances with Wolves. Okay. Dances, or, or um, that was how they started communicating with each other. Okay. Uh, Evan Costner and the Native Americans is like Tatanka, Tatanka. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the the big breakthrough word between him and the tribe. Okay. Well, see, then it softens it a little bit because he is tribal. So, okay. So he's using, because I was like, if this is just some normal guy that they're like, you're going to be the the stereotypical Indian, you're going to look really, really bad (laughs) in about 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was. I think uh, Strongbow or one of the guys before him was uh, just like some Italian dude. Yeah. He thanks the chiefs and the spirits and the fans. He wants to make people proud because he's training real hard. And he is like really trying to get people to write in and to uh, he's like, and, and thank you for your notes and, and write some more, please. And please support me. <laughs> please support like, me with the notes that you are already writing, but you haven't written yet because I would like to receive them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please, please, please tell the, the office that you want to see more Tataka on uh, on the screen. Yes. I have a family to support. Yeah, he does the yee yee yee. Yeah. Uh, and off we go. We have the featured match and that caught me by surprise. I mean, the timestamp didn't. We're running out of time, but mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of promos last week for this match. We had no promos for it this week. You remember last week how we're going to have a Viking funeral and yes. we're going to murder people? Yes. Uh, and, and and we almost do. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's coming. Yeah. Uh, but nothing besides just the still photographs and the coming you know, later on tonight. Yeah, it was just like, you know, right before commercial break, they would say, you know, uh, coming coming soon, Undertaker versus Berserker. That was it. Uh, and when we're back from commercial, the Berserker's coming out with Fuji. And really quickly, like before they're barely in the ring, we get the uh, the gong. Like, yes. And I didn't even notice Fuji with him until they went to the wide shot. I almost missed him too. I was like, oh, is Fuji not coming here? And yeah. then I thought, wait a minute. We know he's there. We saw him last week, which is this week because it's filmed at the same time. So I'm like, what, Fuji slip on a banana peel between? <laughs> yeah, they, they hid him pretty well until they go to the white shot. And I was like, oh, there he is. Um, this is a Gray Fist, Death Valley Undertaker, and Paul Bearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have zero production value. 
but it's still a cool entrance. It is. I I made that I made that remark. I was just like, he doesn't need the pyro. He just he just needs the music and the slow walk, and even just Paul Bearer with the with the urn in front of him. It's just it's so intimidating. It's awesome. They didn't do the light show. They didn't do any lights. They didn't even turn them off. There's no Tron. Forget nope. that. There's. No. Um, we're at the age where. Uh, you go watch it today and watch this uh, this from 92 and mm -hmm. every ounce of the area has production value but not not back then nothing um, this is my favorite undertaker outfit yeah this is this shirt where it's the ripped up kind of button down shirt that's uh, it's cut off yeah i like that so much more than just the tights that he wears like the sleeveless t-shirt tight yeah no yeah the shirt was better the full shirt was better we should go back to the especially yeah now that he's kind of like you know aging out of any muscle tone whatsoever they mm -hmm. just put the shirt back on dude yeah. just it worked then it did fuji steals the urn and, and paul bear is hit with a pointed shield and, and like <laughs> they, they murder him on broadcast yes. television yes he's done it's the end of Paul Bear. Berserker hits the Undertaker three times the shield, and that that finally knocks him down because this is when he was still like barely selling anything. Well, yeah, this was like Jason Voorhees Undertaker, where yeah. it's just like slow moving Michael Myers. You know, you can hit me as many times as you want. I'm just gonna keep walking after you very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker gets up, but uh, the Berserker hits him with a sword. Yes. Hits him Cuts with him in half. <laughs> well, he hit him. <laughs> he hits him on the. He hits him with the flat side of the sword. I was like, dude, that's not how you use a sword. First of all, <laughs> and second of all, you really shouldn't murder somebody in front of children. So that's that's not like. Why is he allowed to bring a sword out to the, the ring in the first place? Like that's a deadly weapon and use it and use it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah cuts him in half he looks like the the black knight from money python and we cut the uh, credits it's over yeah <laughs> oh, he hits him with the back of the sword he goes down the berserker goes to stab him mm -hmm. in the face yes and misses in slow motion <laughs> I'm going to come down as slow as I can so I make sure that I do not hit you while you roll out of the way. <laughs> Mark, ro roll roll over, Mark. Roll, roll, Mark. Roll, quick. I mean, I mean, husk. husk. <laughs> Only until that was over did I remember this match with mm -hmm. the sword sticking out of the ring like Excalibur. I remember that visual. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, they just had to re-remind you at the end. By the way, this man just tried to kill this other man. Yes. <laughs> Normally, we would get the police because that's attempted murder. But we don't do that here. <laughs> uh, double shoulder block. No one wins. Uh, Berserker tosses Taker over the top rope. And Taker lands on his feet next to Fuji. Uh, that was awesome. Then he pulls the Michael Myers thing. That's exactly yes. what uh, I think, where he just like snaps at Fuji, mm -hmm. like quick head around towards him. Then Berserker comes off the apron with a full Captain Kirk double axe handle over the head thing <laughs> and tosses Taker into the ring post, exposes the concrete floor, yes, and uh, pile drives him onto the cement. Do you remember the Ber Berserker being anywhere nearly this badass? No. Not at all. No, I don't either. <laughs> this might have been as badass as he gets ever. Yeah. Ever. He's going for it. He's like, this is my moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's berserker time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me five minutes. I'm yeah. using them. <laughs> yeah. Like... 
Meanwhile, the match hadn't even, like, there wasn't a match. No, there was no match. No bell, no nothing. So the match that we've been touting for the last two weeks didn't actually happen. No, it doesn't happen. There's, there's nothing. Uh, Berserker somehow loses his clothes. I totally missed this, <laughs> and I really didn't go back. But he, some by the time uh, after he apologized him on the cement, and the next time I see the Berserker, he's not wearing any clothes anymore. He's oh. just got his uh, his under trunks. Yes, that's it. No vest, no uh, no skirt. No skirt. Yeah, none. Of, he does. He's missing his uh, onesie. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um. Paul Bear resurrects the Undertaker with the power of the urn. Yeah, it didn't take that long. No. You know, just you know, he just got dropped on his head on concrete, but all it needs was the power of the urn, and boom, like three seconds later, he's back up. Uh, I just saw it. Uh, Berserker, after he apologized him, takes off his uh, tunic and throws it on the Undertaker. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because apparently the, the sword and the shield didn't work hitting him with those. <laughs> okay. Uh, take this burlap. <laughs> take this burlap and throw it at you. That'll get him. Yeah. Um, take your stalks, uh, stalks berserker back uh, to the locker room, and we cut to the sword still in the ring, and we fade to black. And that was it. The, the, the episode ends, in, well, it doesn't end, but the basic basically it ends in chaos. Uh-huh. Chaos. We'll be back. We've run out of time. Yes. Uh, so, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Did you like the episode, Than? <laughs> um, once again, I, I, I yes, this is. Did I like the episode? Once again, a very clear cut show. You know, back to back, lots of action. Um, and we talked about this last week. Like, I, I like the jobber era because it was just everybody looks, every major person just looks like they can't be beat. So you never know what's going to happen when they finally do, you know, have the payoff matches between these guys. Um, so just a very clean show. Lots of characters are introduced or reintroduced. So if I didn't see last week's episode, I would still know what's going on this week. I would still have an idea of who these people are, who's good, who's bad. It, it, it just makes sense. I wish they would go back to this format. Yeah, I, I loved it too because, uh, yeah, the storytelling's perfect. If you missed last week, you're going to see the opponent's of the people that you saw last week and you're also going to get the promo flipped. So you kind of do see both sets of people. You'll see one wrestle and one promo Mm -hmm. and the next week you'll see the other side wrestle and then the other group promo. Yeah. And they both look amazing. Yeah. Nobody looks weak. Nobody looks weak. So you don't know what's going to happen when they finally do the pay-per-view when or whatever. I thought this was better last week because he, I, th- I think the card just had all the better wrestlers. I mean, you had Bulldog, you had Michaels, the Beverly's, which I forgot were even good. They were awesome. Yeah, uh, they were good. And you had Flair on the show. Even, um, you know, Sarge had a better jobber. Mm-hmm. So he actually got a good match. Sar- Sarge had the, my, my move of the night. Yeah. The, the, the yes. belly breaker. It's like The reverse backbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, I still think the best match is the Beverly's. You had these enormous dudes pulling off small people moves. I agree. That was that's what I had as my best match of the night. Beverly Brothers, easily awesome. Uh, and you are you already had your uh, your red tight of the night. Yes, my my red tight of the week was Kevin Kruger. Nice. Uh, um, and I hope he comes back in your dreams. <laughs> in your dreams, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't go to sleep. Yes. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> he will come back in uh, uh, the Texas Tornadoes dreams because he is a dream apparently. So <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, my red tag of the week is uh, just as a rule, it's going to be Brawler until it's not. <laughs> if Brawler's on the show, he, he wins. Uh, yes. Until if there's a brawler Horowitz show, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, but, oh no, I can't wait until Horowitz is in. I haven't seen Horowitz in years. Yeah, I'm surprised. He's, after uh, you know two hours of jobber wrestling, we still haven't run into him. We haven't seen Byron. Uh, they preview next week, and next week we get uh, more on the Berserker Taker. Of course, the fallout. Uh, the fallout of what went down mm-hmm. uh, of the attempted murder. Yes. <laughs> It's not much more than that. The fallout is he was trying to trying to kill him. Yeah. We we have another featured match. Yeah. Uh, Skinner versus the Warrior. Yes. Yeah, so Skinner is going to to help the Warrior through a match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skinner says he's not scared and uh, will beat the Warrior's brains out. He will. There's... He will kill him. There's a lot of killing on this episode. <laughs> Someone call the police. Yes. I mean, <laughs> they told us last week there's gonna, <laughs> this guy was going to try to kill The Undertaker, and he did. I mean, what else do you need? He did. He almost did. Warrior says some stuff about tobacco. Okay. So, yeah. So, because you brought that, I, I had to stop here because you, you, you were talking about like how you, as a, as a high school kid, all the warrior stuff made sense. Totally. I'm just gonna. I I, I wrote this promo down word for okay. word, <laughs> just just so we could talk about how inane this stuff is. Because I oh, want to say, it, come on. I, I want to say it without the 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 uh, the the warrior cadence. The ultimateness. I'm just gonna say it as yes. I'm just gonna say it as like a normal human being and. Tell me I don't sound like I should be locked up. Okay, are you ready? Okay, here we go. I'm ready. For those of you, for those of you that have forgotten, right, about the power, the power of the ultimate warrior and what I represent. Okay, that all swamp creatures that run <laughs> with you, Skinner, keep one thing in mind: I have walked in darker places, and I have felt, I have felt nastier things than the taste of the chewing tobacco you keep in your mouth. (laughs) Can't get through that, sorry. Next week, you shall fall like the others before to the power of the ultimate warrior. (laughs) Come on, defend that shit. Defend that shit. (laughs) All right. Give it to me cents at a time and and I'll I'll work it out. Here we go. That's the first one. For those of you that have forgotten. Okay, so he's gone and now he's back. So I get that. Like he disappeared for a couple months, came back WrestleMania 8. Some people might not know who he is. Okay, okay. All right. You you came back from Parts Unknown, right? Parts Unknown. It's very difficult. GPS doesn't work over there. It takes you a while (laughs) to find WrestleMania 8 from Parts Unknown. Well, apparently you've forgotten about the power of the ultimate war and what he represents. What does he represent, Don? Uh, he represents power from parts unknown <laughs> and the fury of the air that we, that we don't breathe. And he does. So, well, okay, I'll take that. That all, that all swamp creatures uh, yeah. that run with you, Scare, Keep okay, so that transition is pretty bad. Yeah, that that <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. Because <laughs> if you read like that second sense into the third, yes, he, he needs like some kind of sense modifier or some kind of transition. There's nothing. So he's either literally talking about swamp creatures, yes, 
that <laughs> walk around with him, or he's calling fans of Skinner, if there is such a thing, yeah. the swamp creatures. Swamp creatures, yes. Anybody okay. that walks with you. But wait a minute. So he's talking about everybody from the Everglades, apparently. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay, sure. They're all swamp creatures down there. Uh, they are. I have walked in darker places. So well, I'll stop there because of the next part. <laughs> he's is it parts unknown, man. That's there's darker places than a swamp. swamp. You know, swamp gets sunlight every once in a while. This dark. He's been in parts unknown. I want to go to parts unknown. No, you don't. He's, okay. he's warning you. He's like, no, it's, it's darker than a swamp. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be there. Yes. Okay. Well, apparently he's. Uh, I have felt nastier things than the taste of the chewing tobacco you keep in your mouth. <laughs> so he's felt, right, well, read that sentence again. Horrendous. I have felt nastier things than the taste of the chewing tobacco you keep in your mouth. So he's got two senses there. Yeah, you can't, you can't feel a taste. <laughs> you can't feel a taste. But in his defense, like, how many groupies does he have to, like, beat off of the stick at the end of a wrestling event? So I'm sure he has done everything he said in that sentence. God. I can only imagine. The last sentence is okay, but it's still, you know, next week you shall fall like the others before. Oh, sorry, I said that in the wrong context. Next week you shall fall like the others before to the power of the ultimate warrior. So I guess that one speaks for itself, but just everything before it, complete gibberish. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was fine until like his third and fourth sentence that kind of ran together and then he started. I think I'm going to do this from now on. I'm just going to, I'm going to write down word promos word for word and have you defend them. (laughs) Oh God. I I hope we get, uh, we don't, we don't get like really jacked up Scott Steiner. Unfortunately. Oh, unfortunately. We are finally going to get an interview with the World Wrestling Federation champion. After two episodes. Yeah. The macho man, Randy Savage. Yes. And we go off the air with the slow-mo of the sword hitting the ring. Mm-hmm. Yes, almost killing the taker. He was already dead, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. I mean, if you were to murder the Undertaker in this era when he was supposedly dead anyway. Yes. I guess you can't get charged. Right? I mean, well, they, they, they did kill him a couple of times. They buried him alive. You know, they yeah, he's in, murdered and he went he, to heaven. He was in a casket. Uh, he, yeah, he did go to heaven at one point. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so he's been dead several times. So yeah. you can't kill him. Sorry. All right. There we are. And that is the end of the episode. Tune in next week for Saturday Morning Superstars. I'm Dom. I'm Sam. And we needed a tagline. And we still have. Yeah, we're going to work on a tagline. That's the tagline. <laughs> and we're going to work on a tagline. <laughs> say, to, say, say it all, Warrior or Vince Dow. Like, yes. And we're going to have a tagline. <laughs> we're going to have a tagline. That is our tagline.